Henry Howard Holmes was a good-looking, wealthy, intelligent young man who decided to use all of his time and resources into breaking the law. Today, we begin a two-part series on the life and crimes of H.H. Holmes. We'll start with his upbringing in a wealthy family in New Hampshire, his early days of womanizing, how he was able to scam and deceive so many people across the country, and of course, his fondness for murder. From insurance frauds to torture devices to the infamous murder castle, Holmes' story covers a wide array of deception and pain, and over the next two weeks, we're going to dive into all of it. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought staying at a Motel 6 was murder, stick around. Dr. Holmes will leave the light on for you. This is Necronomapod. During the first year of Mudgett's medical education, he worked on a cadaver probably every day. The avalanche of material that you must memorize, it's a lot like memorizing a phone book, it's a lot of data. Mudgett was able to see people's bodies as a product as a, that he could make money out of. And I feel that he learned that in medical school. Staring at bodies day after day over a long period of time turned him into a murderer. He's very curious. There must be some truth in that, but looking at these bodies, he was able to really push out of his mind that these were human beings and really train himself um, to think about the possibilities of killing. What is the best album of 2019? Hmm. I don't know if I was prepared for this. <laughs> Not all at once now. 2019. 2019. That was the year previous to this. That means it was last year. The year of the Lord 2020. <laughs> Did you have to think about that for a minute? What, the year of the Lord? No, thing? like when I. <laughs> he's always thinking about the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's here with us now. He already told me his favorite album of 2019. I'm going with Tool Fear Inoculum. There you go. You saw them live even in 2019. I did. It was great. Mike did too. Did you like it? I was there. They tell me I had a good time. <laughs> is that where someone said that, uh, is that where some girl was talking to you at the bar and you and you accidentally spit on her when you were talking? Is that that place? No. Where was that? No, that was <laughs> Oh, that was ago. at a Kiss show outside years oh. ago. Or a, a Kiss cover band Kiss show. cover band. I, miss, I, and, yeah. I blended the two. Someone was talking shit to you at the Tool thing, weren't they? Oh, that was at someone's always talking at the bar <laughs> afterwards. No. Oh, actually, that girl liked that chick me. liked him and oh, disliked yeah, apparently right. all of us. But I don't even recall being in this venue. I'm not sure I was there. <laughs> I think what had happened was she was eating a cookie, and I asked her what the fuck she was uh. eating. And like a normal person, she got highly offended because I was so vulgar over a goddamn cookie. Ian, I'm still waiting on you. Uh, I will say the number twelve looks like you album wild gods there it is i listened to it the other day it's pretty good i agree it's very chaotic and wild gods so gods have a z at the end no oh, not interested then <laughs> a lot of good music last year though yeah some more some honorable honorable mentions i'm trying to think of what else came out last year megan the stallion you a fan of megan the stallion a big fan i yep. have all four of their albums it's her first album was really good <laughs> why are their their <laughs> underground stuff <laughs> Cattle Decapitation, Cattle new album last year. Yeah. That's fucking awesome name. I know. So, yeah, people hit us up. But Best Album of 2019, let us know. Yeah. On any of the socials. Yeah, I was actually going to say 070 Shake, uh, her new album, but that came out in January of 2020. So well, I just see. missed it. Let's be honest. You were going to say Kanye, but then you smartened up and realized he's the drizzling shits. <laughs> but that that new album is not great. I, I will admit that. But if, if that 070 Shake was in... 2019 i would have put that on there that's good all right good stuff speaking of albums ian's going solo yeah i am i think this might be one of our last shows i think ever with him he's gonna (laughs) ride off into the sunset on us i'm just out of here did you end up putting that on facebook too or was it just on yeah i put it on facebook okay so maybe twitter didn't see it but um ian's gonna be doing a uh little side project here in the next coming uh, probably few months right yeah, it's going to take a minute. Yeah, but a little uh, a mini series, maybe 10 episodes or, show, or so going in depth. Uh, well, I'll let you tell it. I don't know why I'm fucking stealing your You're thunder. Just going on doing a, an in depth thing on Jonestown. Because yeah. our three parter wasn't in depth enough. Right. <laughs> wanted to call it a passion project. <laughs> yeah. Wanted to dig in a little deeper on it. So people are excited yeah. for it. I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, with the response. A lot of interest, so far. Yeah. yeah. 
what and what's it called? Where can people find it? Promised they Land. Do? Promised with a D in the end. Oh. Dave corrected me on that. I, I'm glad he did too, so I don't look like a jackass. <laughs> Promised Land, and where can they where can they find at least the trailer? Or subscribe everywhere, everywhere on all everywhere you can find Necronomapod. And you can also follow Promised Land on Instagram as well. Yes, I did start that. And what's is the handle? Just Promised Land. Promised Land Cast, I believe. You're not very good at plugging your no, mini series. Is that going to be on the Cooldown Media Network? It certainly is. Excellent. Let's take a look. I'm going to look it up right now. I'll throw a link to the iTunes one in the description for this episode. Yeah, it, Promised Land Cast on go. Instagram. So yeah, you're going to have that going for you, and that's just going to be you kind of doing the deep dive. Yeah, it's just going to be probably 10 parts. Putting and then, all that knowledge to use. Done. Yeah, do something with it a little more. Okay. Now that we have this fancy board, this nice uh, this nice sound quality. Yeah. What are you going to do, Mike? Maybe so like I a- think I want to do an in-depth on the uh, Hulk Hogan sex tape gawker <laughs> scandal. You know, just Hogan banging his buddy Bubba Love Sponge's wife, and Bubba's wife was pretty hot. Being all racist while doing it, it actually could be interesting. The documentary was really good about that. I like the documentary. Rocker got shut down because of that. Mm. Sued him out of existence. They fucking went bye bye. PayPal guy, yeah, because they outed him for being gay, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'll take care of you, fuckers." I literally just made that up off the top of my head too. I I don't have have a have a no. It's not in pre production (laughs) idea to do any of that now. It would be super interesting though if you if you did dig dig into that. I don't know if there's anything that I could do a deep dive on or into. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what what I know well enough about that would fit the genre of cool down media. I can get drunk and ramble about wrestling or NASCAR or hockey, but ain't nobody gonna listen to that shit. Cool down media is whatever we want it to be. It's true. It's ever evolving. Yeah. What are you gonna do, Dave? I haven't even considered it. Yeah. Neither I had I until Ian decided he's going to go big time on us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess we're going to do much like Kiss in what, 1978? Yeah. All went off, but they at least waited five years to, to spin off. <laughs> he's one year. He's out on yeah. his own, branching <laughs> out. When this thing takes off and gets picked up for like a TV series, that's it for us. He'll be like, Necronama, what, motherfucker? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, executive producers, Dave and Mike. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that'll, so that'll be in the coming months. Yeah, I, I still got to figure out even how I'm going to do it without being boring. Yeah, you just wanted to get out there, though, just so you can get the name. Yeah, I wanted to lock down the name and, and you stuff. got a trailer out there on, on the any platform people yeah. want to listen to it on. Good stuff. Yeah. Dave, maybe we can do one where we just, like, taste random alcohols and, like, rate and review them. And slowly, over the course of, like, the two hours, just get shit-faced. That's not bad. Did you ever see that Stone Cold Steve Austin video where he's trying all, like, the fruity drinks? Mm-mm. Have you guys not seen this? No. Remember to show you guys off the air. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. He's he's drinking like a sex on the beach. It's hilarious. I vaguely remember this. I think I showed you. Either way, we could do something like that. So that would mean we have to get hammered two times a week and record. (laughs) Well, this would just be like a mini series. It wouldn't be a, you know, I can't pay all the bills with this yet. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're starting something pretty fun today. I think we got a two-parter here. Yeah. Uh, sure. two weeks and this is something we've had loosely on the docket since what november yeah and he keeps... kept getting bumped for various reasons or other episodes going long yeah it was supposed to be somewhere around john benet then it yeah. got bumped and people are hyped for this one though yeah it's a good story very excited yeah well let's dive into old triple h so herman webster mudgett was born in gilmanton new hampshire on may 16th 1861 to levi and theodate mudgett he was their third-born child, having an older sister, Ellen, an older brother, Arthur, a younger brother, Henry, and a younger sister, Mary. His father worked as a, tra- as a farmer, trader, a house painter, and the family were devout Methodists. So I, I didn't want to interrupt, but uh, <clears throat> Mike, do you think Theodate is a nice name? <laughs> Theodate. No, Theodore is a, a, a good name. I like Theodore. Theodora. Theodora, I think also. I like that. Theodate. Theodate, not good? No. Okay. I don't love it. It's no mod, but... I had never even heard that name before. I've never heard that name. Isn't that the the one girl's name in uh, House on Haunted Hill? Theodora? Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Theodate, not so much. Well, well, how about his name? Herman Webster Mudgett. It's not great. (laughs) I'd be changing that name, too. It's just Mudgett. It's not terrific. It doesn't Mm -hmm. roll off the tongue. Yeah, Herman's okay. We've been doing a lot of name chatting recently. 
and judging just, everyone's names. Well, you were very judgy when I said that I like the name Enid, yeah, so now I have to follow name. up with you on these. That's not a good one. There are claims made that Holmes tortured animals and was abused by his father to kind of fit into the narrative of like the modern serial killer, but there's no real proof to corroborate this. Like no eyewitness proof or anybody that said anything to corroborate any of this stuff. And those three, the three claims that might lead you to be like a serial killer are maybe torturing animals, parental abuse, and liking pineapple on your pizza, right? <laughs> and starting your your uh, top three list at the number one. Yeah, that's what someone said about you guys. Because <laughs> you both start your fucking rankings with number one. Who? Ugh. That's more upsetting than pineapple on pizza, I think. I did it one time. Fuck yeah, off. But then you got him doing it now. <laughs> Holmes himself would describe himself as a, quote, mother's boy, but also said that he fantasized about his parents' deaths, specifically them burning after he had heard about the Chicago fire. Nice young man. Jeez. One story that Holmes recalled about his childhood that had an impact on him was that a group of older boys forced him into a doctor's office one night when it was closed, and he was terrified of the doctor. At this time, doctors regularly kept fresh corpses in their office for studying purposes, which at this time was still considered a pretty controversial thing for desecrating corpses. They weren't really a fan of no. doing anatomy back then. Imagine you walk <laughs> in your doctor's office with a fucking corpse sitting there. Well, it, from what I was reading, I would hope they wouldn't keep them in like the like the waiting room or like <laughs> no, in your no, like just propped room. up in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> from what I was reading earlier, <laughs> hat on, I'm just a, nobody will know. <laughs> They would like pay these like like local hoodlum type type kids and stuff to go rob graves and shit and sneak them in through the back so they could study on them. I believe that. Yeah. Damn. It's kind of interesting. So according to Holmes, when these boys forced him to look at when because it was like described as they drug him in like he was kicking and screaming, they drug him in, forced him to look at one of these corpses. He said that all of his fears went away and this would set him on his path for medical school. Everyone has an, their aha moment. It was an enlightening moment for yeah. this young man. Mike's was when he was upside down doing the flying squirrel <laughs> at college. Yeah. Actually, my aha moment was the first time someone just straight up punched me right in the balls. And I was like, aha, I'm never doing this again. For the record, I've never actually done the flying squirrel. I've only witnessed other people doing it to other people. Pretty sure we have you on record stating otherwise. <laughs> it has never been done to me nor by me. At 16 years old, Holmes graduated from high school and took teaching jobs in Gilmanton and later in nearby Alton. On July 4th, 1878, he married Clara Lovering in Alton, and their son Robert Lovering Mudgett was born on February 3rd, 1880 in Loudon, New Hampshire. Using the money he acquired through an inheritance of his wife, Clara, Holmes enrolled in the University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont at the age of 18. He got bored with this pretty quick and, and left the school with just after one year. In 1882, he enrolled in the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery and would graduate from there in 1884. I think you have to go back to 1882 uh, to find a Michigan team that could beat Ohio State. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boom. Wow. <laughs> do we do we even have listeners in Michigan? We got, we not, got, not anymore. <laughs> they, they've all turned it off. <laughs> Hit us up if you're from Michigan. Dave's got something to say to you about college football. <laughs> we have lots of fans from that state up north. While enrolled, he worked under a professor Herdman, the chief anatomy instructor, and this is where he would start his life as a criminal. The interesting thing about Holmes compared to other serial killers is that fraud and money scams seem to be just as thrilling to him as killing, if not more thrilling. If not more, definitely, yeah. yeah. This guy's like too. a straight-up career criminal. Like other guys we've talked about, a few of them have like that stealing thing where they love to steal shit. And, mm. But this Holmes is on a different level with scams. He almost likes the scamming more than the murder, Yeah, I mean, it seems like. You know what else? There's a bunch of cool pics of uh, him in medical school, like with his classmates and corpses and stuff. There's a lot of photographic uh, evidence out there. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I was looking, I saw some pictures that he like signed yearbooks from medical school and stuff. But those uh, go pretty good on the secondary market. Yeah. I would assume. I concur. <laughs> 
during his time in uh, in medical school, he came up with a plan with his classmate Robert Laycock. That That's my nickname in college. <laughs> he beat me to it. Damn it, <laughs> Sir Laycock. I knew I wasn't going to get to that next <laughs> sentence. That's why he really hit, he put like seven commas there just to remind himself. Hey, hush up here! Someone's going to make a joke. I think we've used that name before. Laycock. Yeah, I've definitely laid some cock. <laughs> What's funny, it's his wife's nickname, too, in college. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Laycock. (laughs) So they bought it over Laycock. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, boy. We're so early in this episode. Maybe get over there. (laughs) Keep it together. And he starts taking those deep breaths. (laughs) So their idea was that they would take out they would each take out a life insurance policies on one another steal two cadavers from the school take turns faking their deaths claim the money and then split it and once this was realized that this scam could work if you disfigured a corpse enough because these insurance companies at this time is just like you gotta take somebody's word for it you know yeah pre-forensic scams right (laughs) so holmes would just repeatedly do this while he was in school this is like his favorite his favorite scam. It, it's a genius scam. I mean, there's no fingerprinting yet back then, or there was fingerprinting, but not. It wasn't like widely used or anything. Right. They did that uh, Bertillon method, like to identify bodies, where they just measured, you know, they measured the your head, your arms, and like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty close. That close must enough. be him. Oh, is that really how they? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> all these different measurements, and they put it all together, and yeah. so. You know, that leads itself to if you can find a corpse that, you know, closely resembles, then it's going to work. And the other thing, when I was reading about some of his corpse scams, was like a lot of people, like with the whole desecration of a corpse, like a lot of that stuff was, the thought of that was unheard of. So he was, I mean, I'm sure there were a few other people doing it, but man, he was an innovator with that. He was ahead of his time. No one saw that shit coming for a long time. How tall is Dave? 5'10". How big's the body? 5'9". Close enough, call it. We got Write a him. check, motherfucker. Yeah. Mike, Ian, here's your check. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> well, the other thing that's interesting is that you could write an insurance policy on, on someone. Like, you can't do that now. Like, the person has to, you know, grant you, per- sign off on permission. You have to have some sort of vested interest. You can't just pick a stranger and write an insurance policy on them. It's an instant motive to kill them. I just watched that episode of The Office today where Aaron thinks the off the office took an insurance policy on her. Remember that? It's a later uh-huh. episode. I think it's like season six. Anyways, well. Was it good? Of course, it's The Office. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, I wonder, do you know when that stopped? When, no. When huh. they finally wisened up to. I don't know that much about insurance laws, but mm. they seemed pretty relaxed back then. That if you could just, you know. I've heard other stories like that, too. There was a. Was it a mysteries at the museum? Some guy in New York, because it was a weird case. They some drunk. They they did the same thing. They signed him up for an insurance policy, and then he went to kill him. But he was so pickled, like they couldn't kill him. They kept doing all these different things to him, and he, <laughs> he wouldn't die. <laughs> like, but how do you just go out and insure a stranger like that? So, yeah, I just find that interesting. Holmes would later confess that he killed Robert Laycock in 1886 and used his corpse for a scam, but. This would prove to be inaccurate as uh, Laycock died in 1889 in Watford, Ontario. So Holmes is getting all of his murders mixed up. You know, there's so many of them. Yeah, the years. And we'll get into that in part two with his conf- confession and different reports and stuff. There's a little bit of that that serial killer uh, over exaggerating yeah. going on. So a lot of the the killing because we're going to touch on some of that today's episode, uh, some of it, but a lot of the killing is what we d- we find out in his confession. Some of, yeah, we're going to get through. Lot, but in his confession is where he kind of gave all the information about these killings that we're touching on. Yeah. And would, and the confession we'll cover next week. Right. Clara left Holmes to move back to New Hampshire at some point before he graduated in 1884 due to him being abusive, and she had never heard from him again. Holmes pulled off a huge insurance scam on a corpse after graduating for $12,500, then left town to briefly live in Morris Folk's New York, where he taught school. 
I mean, so. that's the equivalent of like three hundred thousand dollars in yeah. today's money. So that's a big score. That's you know, that's time to leave town after yeah, you pull that. Right. Rumors of him being seen with a little boy who later disappeared spread throughout town. Holmes claimed that the boy went back to his home in Massachusetts, and before an investigation could begin, Holmes just quietly left town. There's also rumors that he had been boarding with a local farmer at the time, and before he left town, he had seduced the farmer's wife, got her pregnant, and left town without paying his boarding bill and just took off. Well, to be fair, the farmer probably just asked him to help him spread some seed, and HH <laughs> misunderstood the, the request. <laughs> This is my guess. Did what you asked of me. <laughs> it's funny as a teacher, I wouldn't have been surprised to hear that some of my Catholic school teachers turned out to be serial killers. Damn. Wouldn't be surprising at all. It's fucking sadist. <laughs> and then the next record of him showing up was in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he got a job as a keeper at Norristown State Hospital, but quit only after a few days. What's a keeper? Uh, I think it's like a grounds person. Okay. Like a grounds groundskeeper. Yeah. That makes sense. He quickly found a job at a drugstore in Philadelphia, but while he was working, a boy died after taking medicine that was bought from the store. He denied any wrongdoing in the boy's death, and whether it be that he just didn't know what he was doing, mixing medication, or did it on purpose, he quickly left town. He's doing some practicing. Yeah. And man, I can't imagine uh, pharmacy being great in a... Uh, in the 1800s. There was a lot of rules that they were subject to. Just like to mixing and... together medicines. Right. Let's just try this and this. <laughs> yeah. This will make you feel better. Right before showing up in Chicago, he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes to avoid the possibility of getting caught for any of his past scams or anything that he was up to. Just like that name change. I saw there was something I was watching. They had, it must have been like 50 different names that they felt that they could trace back to him throughout records and stuff. Wow. Like he was just using a different variation wherever he went. Mm -hmm. It is a pretty cool name though. You got to admit. Yeah. I agree. And just, I mean, go, his, just go by HH. HH. What's yeah. up HH? Triple H is the best. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's better than his first choice, which was BB Blumpkin. Like that wouldn't have been cool. <laughs> he tried that know. out. He tried that out a little bit. It just didn't fly. So we went with HH Holmes. I kind of like BB Blumpkin. <laughs> B.B. Bukaki. That might have <laughs> that might have roll, rolled off the tongue a little better. B.B. Bukaki. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. <laughs> In 1885, Holmes turned up in Chicago and opened an office where he posed as an inventor in the North Shore suburb of Wilmot. Upon his reappearance, Holmes filed for divorce from Clara, Clara Loverling, but the proceedings were unsuccessful and the case dragged on until 1891 to which it was never finalized and some people believe that Claire was just never even served with any of the paperwork. All right, so fresh start, he's turning his life around. Is yeah. he going to win the Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> going to have a happy ending? Rolled in new name. Stay tuned, folks. Let's find out. This tale of BB Bukaki continues. BB <laughs> <laughs> Bukaki. I think we got a new shirt idea. <laughs> This didn't stop him from marrying another woman, uh, Murda Belknap, whose father, John Belknap, was a wealthy businessman in Wilmot, Illinois. Murda would stay in Wilmot and take care of their future daughter, Lucy, while Holmes spent much of his time working in Chicago. Murda? Mike? Murda? I've not heard that one before. It's a new one. Don't love it. Eh, me neither. In 1886, Holmes started working in a drugstore in the Inglewood neighborhood at the corner of 63rd and Wallace Street. This drugstore was owned by a woman named Elizabeth Holton, and work was getting to be too much for her to handle on her own because Inglewood was one of the fastest-growing areas in, in Chicago. So when a Dr. A Henry H. Holmes showed up, she was happy to hire him. Distinguished name, Dr. Yeah. Henry H. Holmes, mm -hmm. at your service. So Plus, Chicago, like, you know, he was a good-looking guy. He was, So, yeah. you know... Looks looks the part, looks wealthy, looks upstanding. The doctor. Was obviously a schmoozer with everybody he scammed throughout his life. So There was something I was either reading or watching where it talked about how, like, how he dressed, how he acted, like the charming stuff, the business aspect mm -hmm. of him, everything. The, like He was what every guy in the 1800s wanted to be like. Hmm. 
if you act the part and you can fit in, you can talk yourself pretty much anywhere, you know, Hell yeah. anywhere you want to go. As opposed to now where every guy wants to be like us. Right? <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Dad bods, dynamite beards. We get drunk and talk to each other. Sitting in the basement all night. Yeah. In Ohio. Yeah. Watching MMA fights on a, on a computer <laughs> screen. It's an interesting twist on on looks that I've found recently. That women seem to be into dad bods I, more than legit. muscular dudes. It's a little more? F- you think more? I just thought it was like a little, like just phase or you know, like a little fetish thing for some of the people. Is it like the Sheriff Hopper effect from Stranger <laughs> Things? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's weird. I guess I got to watch that show now. It was he. Is he dad bod? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't isn't it smoke cigarettes? And one of those new Avengers, like Thor, gets fat. Doesn't yeah, he like, yeah, have like dad yeah. bod and like a big yeah. mangy beard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Interesting you, twist. Thank you, Chris Hemsworth. Now getting laid because of you. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing about Chicago was uh, like a big boom at this time, rebuilding from the fire in 1871. So it was a great time to be in Chicago. Lots of opportunities. Yeah, tons of people rolling in. Right. Good labor market. People coming in. Disposable people that no one knows where they are. <laughs> right. It's like you were saying, like he was really charming, well-dressed, um, and this brought in a lot of new customers, especially women. Like just young women loved coming there and talking to him. He also kept- He a cl- was Sir Laycock as well at this <laughs> point, probably, if he wanted to be. <laughs> he also kept a close eye on the accounting of the drugstore and making sure that it was turning a profit. He's an honest guy. Yeah. So he made himself invaluable to this woman. Yeah, basically. And it wasn't long before it seemed like Holmes was more of uh, the manager of the drugstore instead of an assistant or a prescription clerk. He became a familiar person in the neighborhood that stood out, like amongst all these people in this like booming neighborhood. It, he was kind of like the guy that everybody knew, you know. I uh, bet, yeah. And Elizabeth Holton was really happy with the success of the drugstore. Yeah, she's making money. Oh yeah. So let him do all this work. He wants to do it. He's yeah. taking the initiative. He's good at it. I'm going to sit back and make money. It, but it wasn't long before Holmes got bored and wasn't satisfied with life. And he had bigger plans with himself for himself. That's like a, that's like a standard kind of sociopath, psychopath type thing. Like nothing ever, Nothing's nothing ever fills it. It's you got to keep, keep going for more. Mm-hmm. In 1887, Elizabeth Holton mysteriously disappeared. And not long after Holmes announced to the community that she had quote moved out West and he had bought the drugstore from her before she left. I believe him. Yeah. It's like the Clopex and the, the burbs when they just yeah. take over the house. Oh yeah. They moved out. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Clopex. In 1887, after a short trip to Indiana, Holmes returned to Chicago and purchased an empty lot across the street from the drugstore. He had plans to build a huge house on the property, and work started almost immediately. His trip to Indiana had been profitable, and he had used it to pull off an insurance scam with the help of an accomplice named Benjamin Peitzel. Benjamin Peitzel was a longtime alcoholic and career criminal, and Holmes had met him briefly while working at the Chemical Bank building in Michigan, and Holmes would, for going forward for almost all of his scams, use Peitzel as his right, right-hand man. And that's a weird thing when I was trying to, it's hard to really pin down like a real like time frame as to where he was in a lot of this stuff, you know? Well, cause he's always, he's probably changing his name yeah. too. And anytime he shows up somewhere, he might not be identifying his home or Bukaki or Howard or whatever <laughs> his name was. Well, when I was like reading through this, then I, read where he met Benjamin Peitzel, the, the, uh, the chemical bank buildings, like kind of by Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait, where the, when the fuck was he in Detroit? And I was like trying to figure out, I couldn't really figure out like right. the exact time frame, but I want someone also to send us a list when they've finished the series of every single job he has had, because we've talked about five or six already. Oh yeah. He was mm-hmm. accomplished. Well, I think a lot of the stuff is a lot of, what we know is based on his confessions and you can't right? like you can't be certain he's telling the truth 100% right. of the time. So there's a lot of different accounting or a lot of different accounts of various things that happen. He continued to operate the drugstore to which he also added a jewelry counter. In 1890, he hired Ned Connor of Davenport, Iowa, 
as a watchmaker and jeweler. Connor arrived in the city with his wife, Julia, and their daughter, Pearl, and the family moved into a small apartment above the drugstore, and soon Julia captured the interest of Holmes. Well, that's not good. He fired his bookkeeper and hired Julia to take the man's place, and not long after, Connor began to suspect that Holmes was carrying on an affair with his wife, and he was correct. So Connor decided to cut his losses, abandoned his family, and went to work at another shop downtown. See ya, family. Jeez. Have fun with HH. <laughs> I mean, probably the right move, but just leaving your kid, too. God damn. It's a different time, Mike. Different time. Tell us about it, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So now that Holmes had Julia to himself, he took out large insurance policies on her and her daughter, naming himself as the sole beneficiary. Of course he did. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) How do you do that? We'll be right back. Is there something that interferes with your happiness? Something preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment that's totally convenient. At BetterHelp, you can get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is kept completely confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp offers 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and also has services available worldwide. Sign up is simple, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Financial aid is also available for those who qualify. And remember, BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Necronomapod listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code NECRO. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com NECRO. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com NECRO. By this time, much of Holmes's money had been funneled into the construction of his home across the street, which would later be nicknamed the Murder Castle. Dun, dun, dun. The building was three stories high and built from brick. There were over 60 rooms in the structure and 51 doors that were oddly placed into various walls. Holmes acted as his own architect for the place and he personally supervised the numerous construction crews, all of whom were quickly hired and fired. So he would only let somebody work on this much and then he'd fire So they, they never knew the layout of the, the home. Right. Yeah. And from what I read, he didn't pay most of them either. No, he did cheap not. motherfucker. He doesn't pay anybody. <laughs> He so, loves the scam. It's the yeah, art of the scam. Loves getting it out, getting one over on people. Yeah. He really is a renaissance man, though. He he was the architect himself. I mean, doctor, architect, butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades. Yeah, he does it all. In addition to the odd general design, the house was also fitted with trap doors, hidden staircases, secret passages, rooms without windows, chutes that led into the basement and a staircase that opened out over a steep drop over to the alley behind the house. That's Skate patch. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, this sounds like it'd be fun just to see. Oh, yeah. What about, what about a building? Like, no building inspector, though? Like It just seems to me like after that big fire that burned out most of Chicago, they might have had some more stringent <laughs> building codes. if you don't codes? know half the rooms exist... I mean, you're just checking the hallways. Yes, yeah. seems to me like a building inspector would have had a report that said, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I got an idea. Cool down media. H.H. Holmes murder castle escape room. Ooh. I think we need to set this up. People would love that. Yeah. You think you got out, you open a door, you go down like some steps, and it just leads to literally to nothing, to a wall. And then you're just stuck there and we kill you. Yeah. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or like you run out, you find steps out the back way, and you just fall out into an alley, and you land there, and then cats eat you. <laughs> like that's I don't know. I think it's the best. You would, there'd be waivers you have to sign, of course, of course. And we would all, we would take life insurance policies out <laughs> yeah. on everyone yeah. that came. Because spoiler alert, you're all gonna die. Like you, you don't get out. <laughs> Even if you make it to the end, Dave's sitting there with the shotgun and just shoots you. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a great. There's got to be haunted houses like at Halloween or st- something that like mock. Or like gimmick or, you know, 
yeah. do like an H.H. Holmes type gimmick, you would imagine. Yeah, I've seen drawings of all the floors of the house. It's not because like like from police sketches. I think when they finally got in there, there's mm. not actual blueprints, but if you Google, they sketched it the all out. Castle, you yeah. can see all kinds of different depictions of what it looks we like. We could recreate it. It could be our life's work. I mean, wouldn't that be sweet? It would be very like cool. Like an escape room murder castle? I like it. Can we secure funding? Probably. <laughs> we'll talk to some of our people. Yeah. Just we'll start scamming people. Yeah, <laughs> of course. When you start seeing the name Bukaki on like signatures, you know it's Dave. <laughs> BB Bukaki. <laughs> when Dave stays at hotels, too, that's what he's going to check in as. BB Bukaki. <laughs> so no one can actually find him. <laughs> The first floor of the building contains stores and shops with the upper floors that could be used for living quarters. Holmes also had an office on the second floor, but most of the, those rooms were used for guests, and most of those guests would never be seen again. Evidence would later show that Holmes had used some of the rooms as, quote, asphyxiation chambers, where his victims were suffocated with gas. Didn't your frat have that, Mike? Like a hazing activity, as asphyxiation rooms, where you guys would just have to sit in a room and fart and whoever could stay in the longest one? No, you're misthinking. We had a bukkake room. Oh. <laughs> That's what I told you about earlier. That's why we've been talking about it all night. <laughs> Other chambers were lined with iron plates and had blowtorch-like devices fitted into the walls. In the basement, Holmes and installed a dissecting table, and maintained his own crematory. There was also an acid vat and pits lined with quicklime where bodies could be disposed. Because it's like all those chutes, they like led right to these pilot, these pits of quicklime. It's like no-touch disposal. You just push them down a chute, mm. and they're gone. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> all of his, uh, his prison rooms were fitted with alarms that buzzed in Holmes' living quarters if a victim attempted to escape. It has come to be believed that many of his victims were held captive for months before they were before they died. So I'd have Man. to imagine with as many people, and and maybe we'll get into this more later on in the series, but with as many people as he's probably had in these rooms and the what fifty some plus rooms, he's had to forget about a couple of them, right? Forgot that he had someone posted up somewhere and they just die, you know, starve to death or whatever. Quite likely, he goes in months later and just fucking reeks like rotting corpse, or you know. You'd yeah. have to, I'd imagine. I don't know. He's a smart guy, though. Maybe not. The, what's the? It's the confirmed number of murders is nine. The admitted is twenty-seven. Wow. All right. Well, and the suspected. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in a couple 200. weeks. Yeah, and the the suspected is two hundred. That's like the Henry Lee Lucas limit. You know, yeah. that's that's per, that's pretty high. But there has to be a few that he forgot about, or oh, I'm sure, or something. It's like a scene out of fucking Hellraiser down in that 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 place. Oof. Ever seen Hellraiser, Mike? No. I got a blank stare over there. <laughs> no. Never seen Hellraiser. Jeez, man. I don't watch movies. Those movies are so good. Well, the first two. I'll yeah, watch Hellraiser. First two for sure. I'll watch Hellraiser. That always uh, like, looked good. I just never yeah. sat down and watched it. Was the third one when they're in a club and he's got like the rich guy with the club? Yes. That's a good one, yeah, that's too. A good one too. I'm not going to watch all of them. I'll watch which one? First one? I think the second one's second the best. second one's great. Yeah. Am I going to be lost, though? You know those horror movies? There's so much continuity with all of You'll them. You'll be a little lost. They do flashbacks, but you won't understand the flashbacks. Yeah, they recap a bit. All right. We'll see. I'll check out Hellraiser. Yeah. Guy real weird. There was one that came out not that long ago, like just a couple years ago. I downloaded it. It wasn't great. A no. new Hellraiser? Yeah, the last <laughs> really? couple. Yeah. There's like seven or eight of them now. Yeah, they're a ton. Did they have good room service at the murder hotel? I know Mike likes room service. I thought I, I would do say. fucking love room service. Uh, yeah, well, they had some kind of service, but probably not the one that people wanted. You want a fillet? Okay, boom, filleted your face off. Motherfucker. It's pretty fucking close to the truth. The castle was completed in 1891, and soon after, Holmes announced that he had planned to rent out some of the rooms to tourists who would be arriving for the upcoming Columbian Exposition. Like, that's crazy. Like, it coincided with that World's Fair, and I think it was close to 27 million people came to town for the World's Fair. So he was just, and it's it was buffet, like it's a buffet. A, absolutely, like, just take who you want. And it was like three miles from the murder castle. So from what I read, he was over there all the time, just trying to find people, like elderly, um, like wealthy elderly women who had traveled to Chicago. Yeah, come on back, stay. I got a nice hotel, and they were just never heard from again. Show me where all that money is. Yeah, <laughs> Sign exactly. it all over to me. Yeah, that World Fair was crazy. They built 
literally a whole city inside Chicago. It was like six, seven hundred uh, acres. Yeah. Wasn't that what the first Ferris wheel was? First Ferris wheel. It was a bunch of, uh, what a first uh, Pledge of Allegiance recitation in public. Obviously without the God nonsense that was added later. Clearly. Yeah, that was in the 50s. That's, a, that's something I learned through this podcast that I didn't know, mm. that that was added in the 50s. Yeah. Dave, you like Ferris wheels? I uh, know. No, no I don't. No chance. I love Ferris wheels. They're fucking terrifying. I like to rock them up at the top, up at the very top when it stops. You're a dick, man. Don't ride them with me. No, I never will. Why? Why? I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's fun when I get up there and just start rocking. Oh, my God. I've been on that big one at at Navy Pier in Chicago. It's awful. They're all just awful. Yeah, I have no reason to go up slowly that high and come down slowly. It takes forever because you got to stop and yeah, let like, every fucking fuck person alone. off. It's yeah. terrible. You're sitting there, and then this guy's up there rocking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dave's just trying to eat a cookie. Ian's getting all fired up. I think the biggest one I've been on is the one in uh, at the IX Center in Cleveland that has like that glass dome at the top, and it stops. Yeah. Right oh, yeah. 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 Start rocking that one. So it's, oh, it's that in. Sounds awesome. People, yeah, that sounds great. I'm never, ever going on with you. Um, so it's like in a, our convention center but then the top of it goes out through the ceiling and then there's a dome up there so people can see out yeah just explaining to the people listening and then i ruin it for whoever is sitting there with yeah, me because i they start fucking, rocking they it. see death with you rocking it i do not like heights <laughs> but yeah uh holmes was a opportune time in chicago with lots of ripe pickings and victims coming to town voluntarily yeah. and the other thing well, and i wonder if he kept that in mind when he decided to buy that property and build the house i mean clearly this guy was smart and um, probably you know i mean it was clearly being planned the world fair when he started construction so yeah so like he, he didn't know about he it. knew that all these people were going to be sure. coming in he's an intelligent guy and hell yeah and the other thing i was reading about too is there was tons of young women coming into chicago throughout this time too so he's roll tied yeah. on that as well because and they were looking for independence and, and mm-hmm. different things like that so i mean it's believed many of the people that stayed there didn't didn't return home after the fair or after the fair but no one knows for sure this wasn't Holmes' only method of finding victims a large number of his female victims came through false classified ads that he placed in small town newspapers that offered jobs to young ladies when the ads were answered he would describe several jobs in detail and explain that the women would have her choice of positions at the time of the interview when she accepted, she would be instructed to pack her things and withdraw all of her money from the bank because she would need funds to get started. Like missionary, doggy, different <laughs> positions at the interview? I was just going to say, in college, I always gave the women choice of positions. <laughs> How nice of you. <laughs> Sir Laycock, man. You don't get knighted for being a dick. <laughs> so he was running like the original Nigerian uh, prince scam of his day. Give me 10 grand so I can send you 50 million. <laughs> The applicants were also instructed to keep the location and the name of his company a close guarded secret. He told them that he had competitors that would use any information possible to steal his clients. When the applicant arrived and Holmes was convinced that she had told no one of her new job, she would become his prisoner. Mm. Holmes also placed newspaper ads for marriage as well, describing himself as a wealthy businessman who was, who was searching for a suitable wife. Those who answered this ad would get a similar story to the job offer. He would then torture the women to learn their whereabouts of any valuables they might have, and then the young ladies would remain his prisoner until he decided to dispose of them. He's like the sugar daddy serial killer. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know, another scam I saw that he had going was a bottled mineral water scam. Really? He just, uh, you know, fill up the water out of the Chicago River. Damn. I'm like, they still do that today. That's still a scam. <laughs> Taking a page out of H.H. Holmes' book. All oh, right. He should have He should have focused on that. He probably could have been a billionaire. Yeah, probably. Still, still today? Yeah, pulling water out of the Detroit River and calling it fucking Aquafina or whoever <laughs> comes out of there. I was at Speedway the other day, and I was looking at the bottles of water, and there was like all these, there's like this whole row of fancy ones that said that they were charged with all this stuff. And I'm like... Like ions, yeah, and like all this. I'm like, no, this is this came out of a water tap, just like the rest of this shit. So I, crazy. I like to try different bottles of water. Like if I'm just stopping at a gas station to get something, I think Fiji is the most overrated water there is. It's not. 
I don't think it's a good. That's the one that comes in the square yeah. bottle. Mm-hmm. I think it's the drizzle Came from shit. the Fiji mountains. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. yeah. No good. Yeah, <laughs> lost its flavor in travel. But the Smart Water is actually my favorite, and mm. I think that's the one that says they're they're fused with something. But whatever fused with it is, whatever you want it to yeah, be, I guess. whatever. But I, that's actually my favorite one though. I like the Smart Water. I think Fiji sucks. Aquafina's okay. I think Dasani's probably a little better, and that pains me because that's a Coke product. Aquafina's Pepsi. But I think Dasani's a little better. De- Deja Blue is my favorite water. It's fantastic. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Who sells that, though? I don't know. Yeah. It comes like in the all-blue bottle, too. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Tastes I, great. I have no opinions on it. You have I no just, opinion on the bottle water? No. I just saw all the fancy bottles. They looked cool. You didn't buy one of each to no, I didn't. taste I, test? I don't buy them all at the same time, let the record show. <laughs> I just, every now and then, I'll pick one up, but I thought Fiji was no good. And what's with the Pep? Pepsi's fucking disgusting. What are you no, talking about? Uh, I'm team Pepsi 100%. <sighs> That's why I looked at the bottles of water, and then I walked over and got my Diet Pepsi. Yeah. And the only time on Coke way. is good is uh, from, on t- I was going to say on tap from McDonald's. On tap at McDonald's, That's where it's the best. Other than that, I, don't, I won't drink Coke. I mean, I'll drink it wow. if I don't have anything else. But I also don't drink a lot of Pepsi. Like I'll do like the cherries or the Dr. Peppers, things like that. Diet Coke might be the best tasting uh, drink on the planet. All Diet Pop is just not good. I love Diet Coke. My favorite thing. I like Diet. Have you had any more of that Mountain Dew? The the Mm -mm. no sugar? No. I still drink that. Yeah. It's not I like it because it's not as sweet as the normal Mountain Dews. Okay. So you talk about bottled water, we start discussing Mountain Dew. The official (laughs) soft drink of Chase Elliott and winners everywhere. In 1893, Holmes met a young woman named Minnie Williams. He told her that his name was Harry Gordon and that he was a wealthy inventor. Holmes became interested in her when he learned that she was the heir to a Texas real estate fortune. Oh, you don't say. (laughs) She was in Chicago working as an instructor for a private school, and it wasn't long before her and Holmes were engaged to be married. This obviously did not make Julia Connor happy because she was still involved with Holmes and working at the store. Not long after his engagement became official, both Julia and her daughter Pearl disappeared. When Ned Connor later came looking for them, Holmes explained that they had moved to Michigan. In his confession, he later admitted that Julia had died during a botched abortion that he had performed on her, and he had poisoned Pearl. Mm. But it's believed that he killed Julia due to Minnie's jealous feelings because of that that texas fortune was more important than uh obviously than julia one of the one of the documentaries i watched said that he offered to marry her but but uh the abortion was was part of the marriage was a requirement for the marriage proposal uh turn to it the thought of an 1800s abortion no don't even know what that would consist of or not great Probably not great. I don't even know what anesthesia would be like in the 1800s. Was there even anything like real? Dave can repeat his last sentence. Probably not great. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't. I don't. I think it was whiskey, morphine, mm. well, whiskey and you. morphine. All right, now we're talking. Well, it's not. I mean, no Civil War. They were doing battlefield amputations without anesthesia, right? Yeah, it was only 30 years Desperate before. Desperate times. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not even 30 years. Not at the Battle of Shroot Farms. <laughs> Jeez. It's another deep cut. Minnie Williams lived at the castle for more than a year and knew more about Holmes's crimes than any other person. Police investigators would later state that there was no way that she could not have had some knowledge of many of the murders. Besides being ultimately responsible for the deaths of Julia and Pearl Connor, Minnie was also believed to have instigated the murder of Emily Van Tassel a 17-year-old girl who worked at a candy store on the first floor of the castle. There's no indication what caused her to catch the eye of Holmes, but she vanished just one month after he offered employment to her. Minnie also knew about the murder of Emmeline Sigrand, a beautiful woman who worked as a stenographer at the Keeley Institute in Dwight, Illinois. Benjamin Peitzel went there to take a drunkenness cure. Wait wait a minute. (laughs) Can Mike have this drunkenness cure? Oh. Yeah, I wonder what that consisted of. I mean, for me, it consists of <laughs> going home, having a couple cool down beers, <laughs> then chugging a bottle of water, three a leave, and eating some spaghettios out of the can. Wake up the next day, <laughs> so feel ridiculous. great. Feel great. Fantastic. Spaghetti with meatballs. If you're eating regular spaghettios, you're doing everything wrong. You need the meatballs because they help absorb the alcohol. It's science. It is scientific. Yeah, it yeah. sounds really scientific. Yeah. 
And tomorrow morning at noon when I wake up, it'll prove fantastic that I'll be feeling fine. (laughs) My drunkenness cure is to let go and let God. (laughs) That's very true, actually. It's working great. Jesus is in the room with us tonight. I can feel him. Can you? Yeah. He's touching my butt. (laughs) Very sacrilegious tonight in here. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry we put you off, Dave. <laughs> was it my Jesus touching my butt line that put you over? All this blasphemy is making me uncomfortable. Was it all the Instagram messages I have to respond to after you make your priest jokes every week? I've been laying off the priest jokes. I haven't made them in a long time. All right, let's wait for it. a priest and laying on something. He's going to go there. <laughs> so, um. So when Benjamin Peitzel got back from this, this drunkenness cure, he told Holmes about Emmeline. He must have described her as like the most beautiful woman he's ever seen or something because Holmes contacted her and offered her a large salary to work for him in, in Chicago, and she accepted the job and, and traveled. Emmeline became homesick a few weeks after being in Chicago. She had planned to marry an Indiana man named Robert E. Phelps and was missing him and her family. Holmes later confessed that he locked the girl in one of the soundproof rooms and raped her, and he stated he killed her because Minnie Williams objected objected to him being attracted to her. This is one of the the murders they report a couple different ways because the documentary I watched said that he locked her inside that bank vault he had in the in the hotel and just let her suffocate in there. Is that the one where they said they could see the her footprint on yeah, there? Yeah. yeah, they could see the what the footprint on what on the inside of the bank vault. They Holy said they shit. think it was hers. Like trying to kick to get out. Yeah. He just let her suffocate in there. Damn. Another interesting thing with the bank vault, speaking of uh, when he built the hotel, I guess he put that in there first and then had him build, or he bought it on credit, (laughs) had them build around it, never paid for it. When the bank said they're going to repossess it, he goes, well, come on in, but you damage any part of my building, I'm going to sue you. So they could not repossess the bank vault. Wow. Smart. Sometime later, Robert Phelps made the mistake of going to look for Emmeline at the at the castle and that was the last time he was ever reported alive holmes described a stretching experiment with which he used to kill phelps and it was like a rack like device that he would literally just stretch somebody till they died the the one book i saw called it an elasticity determinator mm. it's the fancy name <laughs> fancy <laughs> word That's well when brutal. we were talking about it the other night when we were hanging out i briefly looked it up it said like once you get to a certain point, it's like, it's like what, cartilage, ligaments, and bones, everything just starts popping. Imagine that sound. No. It's popping. Ugh. Brutal. That sounds awful. He was just having fun. Swell <laughs> guy. Crazy kid. <laughs> Didn't know any better. Man. In April 1893, Minnie's property in Texas was deeded to a man named Benton T. Lineman, who in reality was Benjamin Peitzel. The following month, Holmes and Minnie rented an apartment, presenting themselves as husband and wife in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Minnie's sister Annie came to visit, and in July, she wrote to her aunt that they planned to accompany her brother in Europe. According to Holmes, Minnie accidentally killed her sister Annie during an argument. She had hit Annie over the head with a chair, and she died. Holmes had, quote, protected Minnie by dumping her body into Lake Michigan. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Their brother that was supposed to be going over to Europe was also found dead in a mining accident that year that some believe was orchestrated by Holmes. Regardless, neither Minnie or Annie were seen alive after July 5th, 1893. So more or less he killed the whole family. Yep. Got Benjamin Peitzel got that, got that deeded over to him and boom. Monster. Wow. Facing pressure of prosecution from insurance companies and debtors because people are like, he was able to charm people, but, there were some people that were getting sick of the bullshit. Well, at some point, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. You, I mean. They're going to come for gonna, you one day. Yeah, yeah. You're building up a lot of enemies here. Holmes left Chicago in July of 1984. He showed up in Denver with a young woman he hired named Georgiana Yoke, and the two were married. Next, he showed up in Fort Worth, Texas, where Minnie's property was located, with plans on building a second murder castle. And that's an interesting thing. Like, he really had his eyes set on building something there too the southern murder capital yeah capital yeah. castle it's his vacation home <laughs> was anybody running the murder hotel while he was gone traveling uh traversing the land the only thing that i ever that i saw about anybody else 
being like tasked with anything was to make money. He would get assistance to strip bodies of people that he killed sometimes down to their skeletons because it matter like colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. They would pay top dollar for a real skeleton for skeletons at that time. So he would. That's the that's the only thing I could find about it. Like assistance mm. was that he was just pay these young guys to strip down a body to the to the skeleton. And then what? And he just fucking walks up to a, a school and was like, "I got these bodies, these skeletons. You want them?" Yeah, pretty much. And they're just like, "Of course, here's money. <laughs> Good day." Yeah. Well, and I think I remember reading it that the those dates coincided, you know, shortly after a lot of these murders, so you could actually tie them back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's got it down so far. It was the pioneering age of medical technology. <laughs> they just needed bodies to test. It's just cra- like he. If one person, like insurance company or police officer, was like, this fucking guy, <laughs> we should go look at him. And it just, they didn't. Maybe because of the name changes and the constant traveling. Yeah. But if one person would have been like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Maybe we would have saved 200 lives. Quite possibly. Or he would have charmed them and then slept with their wife and they would have and ran they off. They would have been in asphyxiation <laughs> room. <laughs> right. yeah, that worked for him for a long time. So instead of building... A second castle in Texas, Holmes purchased several railroad cars of horses with counterfeit banknotes and signed the papers as O.C. Pratt. And then the horses were shipped to St. Louis and sold. That's the other thing with him, too. It's like because you read about him traveling around places. It's like he can't help but scam or like pull something over on somebody. No matter what he's doing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm here to claim this property, do this stuff. But hey, you know what? Let's While we're here, let's steal all these horses and make some money crazy i bet stealing horses goes over big in texas in the 1890s oh. but they love it down there <laughs> it's also true for, like he's got a ton of money well he's kind of what are the, what's the saying well, I mean, robbing peter be, to pay paul he should be broke right but yeah. he's not but sounds like yet, he put all the money into building the castle oh yeah, so maybe. did he he put it all there and that was it that's what it sounds like. It just yeah. seems to me like he could probably buy some of these things but he's like why well, do that if i can scam them and, yeah you know right. get off on it well, while he was in St. Louis, he was arrested for selling these horses as uh, mortgaged goods, is what the crime was. And he was quickly bailed out by Georgiana. But in his brief time in jail, he struck up a conversation with a convicted train robber named Marion Hedgepath, who was serving a 25-year sentence. This Hedgepath guy was pretty interesting. There's not a ton out there on him, but he was part of a gang. Oh, Dave, I like the name Marion. As a man's name? I do, yeah. It's a cool name. I like that. Yeah, I like that. It I think I like it as a girl name, too, but I don't know. As a guy's name, I like it. Our, our wrestling friend. Marion Fontaine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. But yeah. yeah. Every time I hear that name, that's that's immediately I think of him. He's your wrestling friend. For yeah. Record. Old wrestling. Yeah. 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 He's a good guy. So this Hedgepath guy, he was part of a gang um, called the Sly Wilson Gang. They just went around just robbing trains left and right. But he, the one that landed him 25 years in prison, he pulled off a $40,000 train robbery. Wow. That's crazy for that time frame. That's like a million dollars in today's money. Yeah. I bet robbing trains was fun. Oh, yeah. Riding up next to my horses. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah, it was a game. You guys want to rob a train? Let's do it. <laughs> Ian, you get the horses. Dave, you get the guns. And I'll get the bandanas. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fair, right? I sure. like <laughs> I not? like all the names too. Like, it, it, let me see if he had a nickname. Well, he was just married and had hedgepath. But like his accomplices, their names: Birdie, Illinois Jimmy, and Dink. Dink. That was nice. wait. Birdie, Illinois Jimmy is one person. No, that's two people. Oh, Birdie and Illinois Jimmy, and then Dink. And Dink, and then Marion Hedgepath, Robin Bank, or Robin Trains out there. That's awesome. I don't want to be called Dink though. I don't like that name. <laughs> Robbing trains, Mike, not running trains. I don't want you to think back to your roofie days in college. Oh, well, then never mind. I'll take back the the bandanas. You take back the guns. And you take back the horses. I thought we were running trains. Oh, fuck that. I don't want to rob a train. What's the fun in that? Where do you come? Jesus. So while he was serving, he was briefly in jail with Marion Hedgepath. He concocted a scam to scam an insurance company out of $20,000 by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his death. Holmes promised Hedgepath a $500 commission 
in exchange for the name of a lawyer who could be trusted. He was directed to contact Colonel Jephthah Howe, the brother of a public defender, and Howe found Holmes's plan to be brilliant. He was like, hell yeah, this is great. Genius. <laughs> but uh, but this scam would, would ultimately lead to Holmes's undoing. Mm. And that's where we will pick up on part two. See you next week. <laughs> Ominous warning. I like the name Jephthah. That's kind of cool. Jephthah. Jephthah. Jephthah Howe. Jephthah Howe. I'm okay with it. I think he laid some good groundwork here. Yeah, this yeah. is... I had no idea. Like, when everyone, I think, knows Holmes, or at least the common person like me. You know Holmes, you know the murder castle type mm-hmm. thing. And I had no idea about all the scamming and this insurance fraud and all of that. It's an interesting and aspect of the story, yeah. Name changes and traveling yeah. the country. I thought he was yeah. just a serial killer in Chicago. Because really, when next week we're going to get into this scam, this this big one that he pulls off, and we'll get into you know him his confession and finding the murder castle, all that stuff. But it's really if you if you just take it as the if you take it as just nine confirmed, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He's more of a serial scam artist than a serial killer. Yeah, if he would have just stuck to the serial killing, he probably would have been all right. <laughs> For real, I, I, I agree. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have been caught. Exactly. What yeah. about uh? And maybe we'll get into this next week. But the uh, the times when he was missing kind of line up with another notorious story. Yeah, there's some theories out there that he's uh he could have been Jack the Ripper. Dun, 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 dun. So we'll get into some of those. It's an interesting next take. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Because he goes off the grid for a while, whether it be a name change or yeah, like I said that. I don't even know what what it was. So some kind of mini documentary, but they were they claimed to have had like fifty different aliases that they could link back to him. It was all just slight variations, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. it's pretty good uh, base we just laid. That's what she said. I was waiting for something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ian, you got anything else for part one of Triple H H H Holmes? No, nope. That is it. Pull up. She's gonna ask me. What if I had something else? Dave, what do you got for this? I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> always. He's always nothing. All right. Uh, from from uh, Patreon, we got a, a bunch of new patrons this past week. Man, that's impressive. Thank you guys so much for signing up and uh, helping us out. Shout outs to Kristen Williams, Clarissa Smaniato, Ben Fernandez, Chrissy Ramsey, Katura Lynette Crum, Katie Packer, Chris Bomley, Kelsey Stevenson, Jessica Garcia, Taylor James, Ashley, Brett Deschette, Samantha M., Craig Pearson, Greta, Nathan, and Kyle Barber. Thank you guys so much. If you are interested in becoming patrons, you can sign up at patreon.com slash necronomapod. Also, this Wednesday... Uh, Wednesday evening, we're going to be doing a call-in show for patrons and as a bonus Patreon episode, uh, strictly about John Benet Ramsey, and we want to hear your theories. Um, it was a pretty popular series we did. A lot of people had their own thoughts and opinions on the social media, so we figured we'd open up the phone lines, give you guys a chance to um, to discuss them with us. So this Wednesday night, we're going to be recording that. If you're currently patrons, check your email or to keep a lookout in your email, we're going to be sending something out where you can sign up if you're interested. If you are not a patron currently, um, sign up. And then when you do sign up, we'll make sure you get the email and you can contact us to let us know you're interested. And we're going to try to get as many calls in as we can and, you know, just give about five to seven minutes to each caller to uh, give us their theory and we'll, we'll hash it out with you and have a good time, but we like taking calls. We like hearing from you guys. So that will be this this uh, coming Wednesday. We're going to be taking those calls for for Patreon exclusive. Ian, what do you got from, for us? From iTunes, I have one for Maggie Willian. Uh, they said they're from Germany, and at the end of theirs, they said it, and most important, I now know who Olivia Wilde is. Oh, you've been enlightened. Good for you. Nice. <laughs> Um, then I have one for K Patricia 80 says dog Nora six, six major pain in the butt. And that's major pain. Like the movie. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, John Barfield secret honor dragon, eight, eight, 11 T 
Tino two six zero two, and that is it. All right, Dave from the socials. From Instagram, Ashley Candlemo, Jendro, Marty McConnell, and from Twitter, Ben K. Severed. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. And also a special shout out to Officer Blair out there and his fellow officers. Take care out there. Thanks for keeping us safe so we can sit here and uh, get hammered and talk like imbeciles. Well Thanks, said. guys. Yeah. Boom. Okay. We got anything else? I think we covered it all. No, looking forward to next week. Yeah. yeah. Love this story. People are hyped. They love this. They love uh, old Triple H. <laughs> Makes me a bit nervous, but we'll see. Oh, please. You do just fine. <laughs> we are on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know if you have any requests. We always keep a running list of topics we want to do. Um, recently, we've got a ton of requests for um, who is the... Uh, the pig guy. Robert Picton. Robert Picton. We've gotten a ton of requests for him. So just so everyone knows, he's on our list. Also, the West Memphis Three is on our list. We're going to get to those at some point in time, as well as all the big ones. We're going to get to Bundy. We're going to get to Dahmer. We're going to get to Macy. Um, but- West Memphis Three is like on the, almost on the level of John Bonet. That's a big, yeah. long I'm excited story. for that one. That'll it's a, be a it'll one. be good. Yeah. But my brain needs a couple more weeks yeah well well, i'm not saying we're gonna do any of these anytime soon but i want people to know that they're on our radar because we get requests almost weekly for west memphis three and robert picton that's that we get a lot for them also did you say macy instead of gacy gacy what did i say macy macy that's a lot of miller lights gacy (laughs) um yeah who did i say bundy Dahmer, gacy i thought like you were gonna talk about william h macy the actor or something we can Maybe that'll be my spinoff show. Talk about <laughs> him and all of his movies. And what did he do? That? Isn't that shameless yeah, show? Is that yeah. good? Yeah, that's pretty I've good. wanted to watch that, but then people said it's not. It used to be good. It kind of trailed off. Mm. I don't watch it after Fiona left. I only watched it for her. All right. Well, there's Dave's, Dave's take on uh, shameless. That's my take. Maybe he'll just do a take on like all the pop culture, like the movies and stuff. Movie reviews? Movie reviews. You get into that. You watch all of the uh, Academy Award winning movies. I do. So you can give your take on that. Talk about Japanese, French horror, all that kind of good stuff. Well, don't talk about French horrors, but. (laughs) All right, I'm done. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.